actually finish. Hello, hello. Hold open. Get going. What you want, you want me to press the music right now? Yeah, I think the music should happen. Well, what? Try to convince me because um, I'm not really. <laughs> Welcome to the newly named A Pilot Podcast. A Pilot Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, McG. Just kidding, Logan. I'm Franny. I'm also one of your hosts. I'm CL. Also one of our hosts. Also. (laughs) Also Cody sometimes. Yeah, just depending on if we're talking frankly with each other or pretending we're all more important than we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Here with recording artists. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, he's a recording artist. His music will be linked in the description, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But anyway, oh, Franny's not even alive right now. Wow. I'm alive. I just had to do a deep yawn. It was big. Yeah, you drew <laughs> quite a bit in. Um, so we're here to talk about... So, so the idea of this podcast is basically we review a pilot of a TV show. What? And based on that pilot, we'll tell you whether we think you should venture on and keep watching some of the shows we've seen all of some of them we've only seen the pilot of but basically we give our honest opinion we're just trying to save you time so you don't have to go and get emotionally invested in a show that's gonna suck yeah and the thing is we used to we used to think that this was like a pretty original concept and then we found out like a 90 billion podcast do it but the difference with us is i think we're funny i think we're the best i'd yeah. venture to say and franny and i also have another podcast called crosscut cinema um which you uh, feel like a, a majority of you probably came over from that um but on this word it's no bridget or madison at least not permanently but it's our boy cody so we're going to talk about the tv show barry Woo. no does am i the only one what's going on <laughs> um so barry is about this guy and he just got back from well didn't just get back, from, but he was a war vet. And he's kind of, like, struggling with, like, the post-war, like, PTSD and depression and everything. And he um, gets in contact with one of his dad's friends. And he has a job for him um, as a hitman. It's using skills that he Fuchs. has. Fuchs. It's using skills that he had from Afghanistan and everything. And he's ends up being quite good at it. And the show kind of starts with Fuchs and him talking about a hit and talking about Barry's purpose. Yeah, and um, what we come to find out later in the show um, is that Barry is basically put on a job where he has to follow around this guy who has been slamming this... What was they from Nova Scotia? What were they from? I think they said that they were like Cheshire or something Cheshire, like yeah. that. Um, they were uh, the... The guy, the, the, the crime boss's wife has been slamming this dude, that her personal trainer at the gym... He follows around said personal trainer and comes up on an acting class in which through wild terms, he ends up being put into a scene with said Mark and um, performs terribly, <laughs> but feels a rush that a lot of people have searched for, including us, Yeah, was the admiration from like an audience. And Barry learns that his secret muse, the thing that he finds purpose in is acting. Good for him. Yeah. And he tries to tell Fuchs that Fuchs, yeah. obviously, as you come to find it throughout the episode, doesn't really care about Bar- Barry's like personal life um, or like his life at all, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, he's very manipulative. You can the way he talks to Barry and everything. He's always talking about his purpose, but really doesn't care what Barry's input is 
for his own life, has an already pre-planned idea for what he wants it to be, something that's going to make him money. But Barry falls into, uh, I guess you could say, like a, a personal struggle because he, he goes to this acting class and he loves it. He meets this girl he's clearly into. They go to like a bar and it's all very unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt meets Dexter-esque, which is funny that we're talking about Dexter because we're going to talk about that right after this. But it's a it's a weird double life. It's kind of like a brutal Hannah Montana, you know? <laughs> like it's, which we all thought about before. But by day, he's a struggling actor in Los Angeles and by night, he's a hitman. And uh, the show is really fucking funny, actually. I kind of yeah. super enjoyed it. What did you guys think about it? So this isn't really my taste of show. However, I really liked it. Right? It's really yeah. good. It's really funny, too. Like it it's, is. it's And it's not the kind of funny where it's begging for a joke at each line. It's like perspectively funny. Like you take a step back and think about the circumstance. You're like, this is funny. It's really funny. And it's super clever. And that's what I really like about it is that it's... It doesn't take itself too seriously, and yet it's super serious at the same yeah, time. Yeah, like, there are people murdered in this show. First I like episode. the little, like, clever things they did. Like, so when Barry goes to the acting class, there's an acting coach there, and he ends up... Played by uh, the Fonz himself, Henry Winkler. Yeah, Henry and Winkler. he ends up, from his mark, from the guy he's supposed to kill, who he kind of, like, who kind of, like, tries to befriend Barry a little bit, lets him borrow a book that the... um acting coach wrote and it's called like hitting your mark yeah, hitting your mark <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like little clever zingers like that just scattered throughout the show sleeper hits i i watched this pilot actually two times kind of you didn't actually yeah, see the ending kind the first of. Time. i watched most of it once and then fully through the second time and i feel like the second time i caught a lot more of those like little like nuances that they throw in there kind of makes you chuckle yeah, yeah, and um, everything's well acted. You know, it's yeah. still it's still like comedic, but everybody was totally viable. Like mm-hmm. no, in the universe they created, nobody felt hokey to me. Yeah, um, even though they were over the top characters, they yeah. weren't comic book characters. Like they weren't like cartoons. You no. know? They were all people you knew in drama yeah. class in high school. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, like there is something about like the memoir. One of the henchmen's talking about how he plays to like a hidden camera. He's all excited and proud of it, like. You know, as serious as crime is, that that shit totally happens. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. like, cause, cause criminals are also generally sociopaths, you know, cause they're doing things for their own betterment and not really caring or having emotion about it. Like that's, that's a criminal in, in whole. So the idea that he was more excited to show the clip of his, <laughs> of his boss's wife getting banged than to just talk about it is so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I Oof. Love that part. Um, I, I'd say one of the things I didn't like about the show though was there was a lot of characters that had, like, a lot of liveliness to them. And it's not that Barry's boring. Yeah. But I kind of want to see the other characters do more stuff. I get that. The, I mean, it's literally the titular character. I understand that they, I said titular, titular <laughs> um, character. But we could see more of Fuchs or see more of Croissant. Or was that his name? Croissant? Cassane? Something like that? Croissant. Yeah, croissant? No. Uh, Winkler's character and then the girl like the, all these characters are super interesting and I feel like as the show goes on I'm sure they're gonna emphasize a lot of those but it was this episode's very Barry focused so if you didn't like Barry the character the episode is like kind of feels long because you're waiting for an interaction I almost feel like it's perfect because you're introduced to this cast of characters that you don't know most of their names 
And Barry is so boring yeah. by comparison. He's like a conduit for you. And I literally think it was on purpose that they're like, he is a boring ass blank slate. And yeah. that's how he's in the position that he's in, that he's good at killing people. Mm-hmm. And so when he falls for this like pyramid scheme of this guy writing a book saying, I'm going to give you the Jack McFarlane yeah. method from <laughs> Will and Grace that he's like, oh my gosh, like I really believe this guy. And I, I find that so amazing. That's it's a so good funny. point. Yeah. He's like the perfect person and kind of gets sucked into like a cult. Yeah, no, it's, it's really great. I th- but I, but I do reiterate though, that you're not going to, you're going to be bored at parts if you can't accept that character. Yeah. Because it, it like, if you're told this is a comedy, you're not going to love it because it, it's, it's a comedy, but it's really subdued and on, on purpose. That's what makes it so funny in moments because you're not expecting like when he's out on the balcony and the, the, they just start like, hacking at Fuchs and like attacking everything like that shit is so outlandishly funny because the rest of the scene was so kind of chilled out. I also uh, think if anyone was going to get me to join a pyramid scheme, it would be, it would be Winkler. Yeah, for sure. It'd be him. Like the whole scene where she's acting, he like snaps at her and like, if, and, like it was so like, so corny. He like snaps her and like gets her the emotion for the right scene. And like, she stills awful by the end of it. He's like, you know, I love you. You, you know, I love you. Yeah. The beautiful <laughs> Sally. <laughs> yeah. And it's like he just 20 seconds ago ripped her to shreds. Yeah. Was basically calling her inadequate as a human being. <laughs> but that's like so accurate. They're like, I taught an acting class in high school and I felt like Henry Winkler the whole time. Like people are terrible. And I'm like, you're doing great. You and Franny was in that class. I did awful. <laughs> I mean, did Franny? We don't need monologue? to talk about it. I want to know what monologue. Franny we don't did. need to talk about it. <laughs> this is a, this is a sore spot. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't act. She thinks about it and she just cringes out of her whole I body. I do. I cringe. My whole body cringes. It wasn't I want to go back bad. in time and slap myself. There are people worse than you. Right off the stage. There's always no offense to the guy with a lisp, but there's always a guy with a lisp, you know? Yeah. And like always like a like a voice that doesn't match anyone's body, let alone his. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's always that guy in the acting class. At least you weren't that guy. Um but yeah, like that that character is so funny to me because like it is like all the fake enthusiasm, but at every other turn he's like, By the way, my class is cheap, you pay in cash, like you know, we're not gonna cancel a day. You still have to get charged for this day. Like he's so pay in advance. Yeah. Pay in advance. Yep. Barry just wants to have the best of both worlds. Gosh. Darn it. <laughs> so he's also super depressed and he says that he's like, I came home from Afghanistan and I'm super depressed and yeah. that's when I found murder. And it's the same thing. So I'm wondering, is acting his new niche thing that he's going to get bored of in three months? Yeah. Or, or is yeah. acting like he doesn't even realize it, but is acting his real muse? Like, does he is 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 acting his way to essentially supplement um, like what do you what would you call it? Not, not compassion, but supplement like companionship yeah i mean mm. and also like he saw them like having fun they also and, like, all laughing like, yeah they also gave him instant acceptance yeah. because actors take it from somebody who tried to be an actor actors are fucking weirdos so they either it's like this community it's mm-hmm. like this family that he doesn't have because like you hear about a dad 
But it doesn't seem like the dad's in the picture. I so think the dad he's might probably be dead. passed away. Yeah. yeah. And then you don't see any other family or hear Barry talk about any other family. Like the closest thing he has is Fuchs. And Fuchs is clearly somebody that's just using Barry as a puppet. But then, then that comes the question. I wonder if throughout the rest of the show, we don't know because we only watch the pilot. I watched one episode after the pilot. We actually can't spoil this one for yeah, you. Good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, what I wonder is, is the show going to explore that? And if it is, that's a really cool idea to like, you know, one, like once he's working on like CSI Miami or something, once he actually gets an acting job, because you know that's where it's going. He's oh, going to yeah. eventually get something. While that's happening, some things from his past life kind of sneak up on him. Maybe an ex-girlfriend, maybe yeah. war vet buddy, maybe somebody he tried to kill and like actually didn't kill, maybe an old Mark. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. There's a lot of fun ideas with this show. This show is just a concept that is almost better than its execution, but the execution is still really great. I'd but agree. the concept itself is really great. It is. That one bitch, the blonde bitch. I we, feel all, like we all know that bitch. Sally. We all know that bitch. That over the top drama club bitch that <laughs> doesn't hear anybody else talk because they just want to talk about themselves. We all know that bitch. And if you don't know that bitch, you were that bitch. Yeah, here's the thing. Choir kids, uh, Broadway kids, and acting kids all have the same issue. There's one person there. Well, actually a couple of people, but there's one specific person who is, like, living cancer, and that's, like, the Sally character on screen. Yeah. And, For of those course, of that's, like, the there, love we, interest. You know who you are. You know who you are because nobody talks to you from high school anymore, and you're still <laughs> not working. Hmm. Anyway. Funny how that happens. I got my podcast just saying, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like um, it's really interesting that he zones in on that character so quickly because it's also that person in high school, like, yeah, you hated her guts, but you wanted her approval because she's actually like yeah, you the wanted, star of the group. You wanted to be a, an entourage or attachment to that person because that person was so confident all the time. Like, they're definitely going somewhere. Yeah. And then like, but they're not though. They're not also, going anywhere. I mean, I think they clearly set her up to be like somebody that's not very, I mean, no secret, Barry's not made to be an emotionally stable character. <laughs> I argue that he's more emotionally stable than all the kids in that acting class. I yeah, but I'm saying like, oh yeah, true. I guess I I was just kind of thinking like, I don't know. She kind of like seems a little sociopathic a little bit. I feel like he's been so desensitized by his time yeah. in the war that he's almost he's not a sociopath. It's almost like a nine to five because that's kind of the way that. Yeah. A lot of people think if you're in the military, it's like you just consider it your job. Yeah. That's not part of my What's personality true. at all. What's yeah, weird is he actually constantly always needs a moral parameter set out for him. He always needs to be told, you're killing bad guys. You're killing this. You're killing that. Yeah. Because yeah. the moment he gets to know one, like, yeah, he, he begrudgingly bad. gets prepared to kill him. But that's to save Fuchs's life. Not, yep. not for any other reason. And then when he sees him already dead, like, I guarantee you, I don't know if it's going to... Well, actually, no, I do know this because they actually do it in the next episode. I was like, I don't know how they're going to respond to that, but they totally do. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say what the next episode was, but they, they respond, obviously, to what he had done. Okay. And it, it 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 just shows he has a sincere moral parameter, whereas, like, literally the rest of the kids in this acting class don't. No. Yeah, that's it's kinda kind of weird. It's kind of funny to show, like, the assassin be have lots of big cares and then the other acting characters were like oh now we get to do a showcase like that's literally what happens like the first five <laughs> minutes that's what they discuss it's really wow, a funny achy. it's a funny dynamic it's also a real slap at actors but probably pretty accurate oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I love the part where Sally's talking to him and he's like, I'm not an actor. I'm not doing anything. She's like, so what, so what monologue are you yeah. doing? Yeah. yeah. I did the one from the blind side, but, and then she did the blind side monologue and it was really fucking funny. But By Sandy Bullock. <laughs> and then the one where it's like, I hated that. He's talking to Fuchs and he says like, oh, you know, we were acting out scenes. And then he says like the movie, he's like, that's from a movie. He's like, yeah, it's LA. So they don't do acting in place. They do acting scenes from <laughs> movies, which is like fucking accurate. And then when Fuchs is talking to him about like how you can't be an actor and a hitman because acting is very like face forward yes. and everything. And he's like, oh, well, what if you're on a mark? And then they're like, hey, I saw you in such and such commercial. And Barry's like, I don't think I do commercials. Which is so <laughs> fucking funny because it's like, what a pretentious acting, yeah, actor like, bullshit okay. thing to say. He's already there. You decided you're an actor an hour ago, sir. How about you calm down? I love that. I love it so much. Already got moral then, set up, air quotes. So the whole thing with like the first episode is he needs to come up with a monologue for the next class, doesn't show up to the next class, and then he um, sees the acting coach outside and like they talk for a second and like he's like, oh, well, you're a bad actor anyway, blah, blah, blah. I saw no honesty in your performance, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts telling him the honest truth Barry does to be fair this scene though as cool as it was was so obvious yeah I mean it was obvious but it was cool he starts like telling him about like his honest truth like about how he came back from the war he's a hitman blah 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 and Henry Winkler's character thinks it's his monologue He's like, where's that from? Right? Yeah. He's oh, like, was that improvised? He's yeah. like, the story was garbage, but, and that's like, like yeah. literally what happened <laughs> yeah. to him. He's like, but there was some real emotion there. Yeah. It was funny. My class is not cheap. And then he ends the whole thing by brutally murdering three people, and it's like in revenge to his friend dying. Kind, kind of. of. Well, they kind were going to kill him. They were trying to. Yeah. He, he actually warned them like 30 times. Don't name that gun at me. It. Yeah. And like, that's, this is, that's also the first moment in the episode. Cause also we've seen a lot of death adjacent with, with Barry, but we haven't seen him take anybody out when he does it. You're like, Oh fuck. Barry's a man. Yeah. Cause you're also, Oh told- shit. I'm so scared <laughs> right now. All of a sudden yeah. you realize this innocent, Really, con- like almost melancholy, like really just down the line, basic motherfucking guy who's a, who seems like a sweetheart, uh, is a fucking murderer. And that ending scene is really great because it reminds you. And then I love how all of his interactions with people in public, they always say, Oh, I'm an actor. Like, yeah. I fucking love that. He literally goes to like a random fucking back alley diner. It's like, So what are you doing there? She's like, I'm reading because I'm an actor. It's like, Well, welcome to fucking Los Angeles where you look under a rock and there's five actors. And then that waitress was played by your celebrity crush. Yeah, you can't say that though because she might find out and then we might get together and I'll leave you and like that sucks for you. You can't leave me. Would I be invited to that wedding too? (laughs) Absolutely. Cool. Wow. I'm fine either way then. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I see where you're allegiances. I feel like she would check Twitter for what we... No, no, never mind. Sorry. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> no. Never she, break up with She deserved it. Anyway, um, I love you, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my, our microphone just committed suicide, <laughs> or like Franny didn't have it fully in the clip. No, it, it was in there. couldn't handle all of the sappiness that we were just <laughs> spilling out. Alright, guys, I think we talked Barry to death um would you watch the rest of the show nice (laughs) would you watch the rest of the show based on the pilot i would i i think it had some good things that like you want to see the resolution of like you want to see if he becomes an actor you want to see what fuke says to all this i think it left on a good note i'd watch it i liked it i'd watch it yeah i'd definitely give it another shot i think 
all of the characters are really well done. And one of the, like, I guess she's a side character. I don't know if there's any more introduction of her, but is played by Darcy, who's in The Good Place. And yeah. Like, I feel like everyone there is really good at what they do. Yeah. So I, I would watch it, definitely. Yeah, I think I've definitely, I mean, I've, I've literally continued on this episode too, but, um, and it's, it's cool. I, I'd say the only issue I have with the show, and it's not really an issue, it's just really short. Episodes are short, 30 minutes, you know? Really? I felt like they were perfect. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just wanted, I want I want a little bit more time in like a storyline. Maybe this is just from the second episode. Just, I feel like the second episode's concept is really awesome, but like there wasn't a lot of time spent on it because of the limited amount of time. Okay. Um, but they, that's my personal opinion. I still think I'm going to watch the whole thing eventually, you know, but we watch so much content. I'm not going to, you know, do it right now, but I'll eventually retackle it. Right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it was a good. It was Fuck a good, yeah. This is a good first podcast. We haven't done three before this or anything. Yeah, not at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but not with a different name. Then. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Dexter. Whoop, whoop. And his laboratory. Oh, no. And we're back. Are we now? Whoop, whoop, whoop. We are here to talk about Dexter. Logan's doing an ASMR podcast. Yeah, Logan is eating a Reese cup. And Franny just burped emphatically. Mm. Okay, let's talk about Dexter. Dexter, um, yes. Based on time. the short novel. I guess it's short. Uh, short it? for a novel. It's short for a novel. <laughs> That's what I've been told. <laughs> it's not nice. necessarily a short novel. But Darkly Dreaming of Dexter. Um, oh. Which the novel is... Obviously, the reason why the show is so introspective... And you actually talked about this off-air... You were saying, I wish they would show me instead of say it the whole time. But the yes. idea of the show is actually the weird thoughts and kind of like how the inside, like in the brain, is like so clearly different than what he's putting outwardly. Right. So for him to show that he's so soulless would actually kind of defeat the purpose. I feel like that's what would have made me like it, though, is the fact that he's doing normal day-to-day things. And I understand that it's like kind of a monologue-ish pilot. The whole show is like a monologue. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then just have it be like, and then it cuts to him literally chopping off the body and then being like, wow, that doesn't make sense. Okay. It makes sense now that I'm thinking that, oh, okay. Some people like that. Like, well, what's really fun. There is a kind of an example of what you're saying where it's like, he does something like so outwardly different than what he's doing in real life. Um, Whenever he's chopping up a body in the show or doing something kind of insane, um, if he gets a phone call, he answers it like your uncle would answer. You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> yeah. "Howdy, doody, how you doing this afternoon? What what do we got planned?" You know, he's always like, "Like, hello, oh, I'm not doing much. I'm just finishing up a job. We'll be right over with my Caucasian ass." You know, like it's very much like the very nice, rich white dude. Like he he comes off exactly as he wants to, but on the inside, he's a fucking monster. Like he's an actual demon walking around with everybody. He even knows how sick he is. He makes comments in the show. Like, it's so funny that Dokes is the only one who gets co- creepy vibes from me. Like, yeah. He's well aware yeah. that he is a disgusting creature. Right. He kind of revels in it. He kind of enjoys it. Like, even more than the killing. But he enjoys the the keeping of the cover almost as much. He enjoys this hidden second life almost as much. You know what? He's also much like Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, it's funny because like they show him behaving correctly 
in front of people. And then they show like little times where he doesn't quite get the nuance of a conversation. It goes over his head. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, why am I forgetting his name? Dokes? No. Angel? No. Masuka? Masuka. He's talking to Masuka and Masuka is talking about his sister, Dexter's sister. And he's like, whoa, she looks hot. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty hot out here. The temperature's really <laughs> It'd high. It'd be crazy there. if she wouldn't. And yeah. at first, at the first side of that, you think he's being sarcastic. But then, like, as the show goes on, you're like, oh, he yeah. really doesn't pick up on certain things. No. Because they, he just doesn't think, like, he doesn't think about sex traditionally. And in, in, in a lot of ways in this pilot, I don't want to talk more about the rest of the show, but in this pilot, he's almost impotent. Yeah. Like, he's so crazy, he's afraid to have sex because it might show some kind of emotion. And then, like, the one yeah. time where he is, like, aroused is about, like, the way a body was chopped And, he, and yeah. he literally, like, grabbed, like, uh, Rita's leg, like, pretty much grabbed, oh, she pretty much grabbed her by the pussy, like, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> over a dead body, poor Rita, she ran. Yeah, she should have ran But she didn't keep though. running, she stopped and turned back around yeah. and went, you know what? It's crazy how he's got those big traps, you know? Yeah. <laughs> those big traps she just wants to lick all over. One thing I will say about this podcast, or... Well, about this podcast <laughs> is that it officially is called a pilot podcast. But, and we don't murder people. And yes. Them and up. we've never had True. a different name. Never. Um, but no, about the pilot, the sound design is really weird because whenever it's any bodily noises... That's the whole show. Yeah. It's very hyper-focused on bodily noises. Like, you hear every slurping of water, every weird mouth noise. Which is cool, because yeah. I, I think that's an, it's like an aspect of his illness, yeah. quote-unquote. And he's like, because he's hypersensitive about blood, and mm-hmm. he finds that very gruesome, and like, it's something that kind of boils Yeah, it like, it's like something that He both that loves it, and he also, yeah. like, he, he's totally, like, destroyed by it at the same time yeah and i almost think like there's a reason that the sounds are so hyper focused is maybe it's because that stuff kind of hyper focuses in his head yeah Mm -hmm. good point and like especially um whenever there's like chopping like meat chopping or anything like that like it's hyper focused on those sounds and like really like they make the reds look brighter all the time So let's talk about yeah. Actually, no. Good, good point. I actually yeah. want to mention this part real fast. There's a great moment where they use the coloring, like the actual coloring of the shots, perfectly. When he's going up to his apartment, you feel the heat of Florida. You feel the heat of Miami. Yeah. Like you can barely see him because the shadow is being cast by the sun. Kind of is not showing his face that well. But the moment he enters his cold apartment with his secrets that he keeps, the color goes. The color grading goes from warm to cold instantly i mean like literally like they managed to warm the small part of the screen that was showing the open door and the rest of the scene was cold and it looked natural but that was to really show for one it was to emphasize he's about to go into the air conditioner but two to emphasize well what's happening on the outside versus what's happening on the inside and that's such a small kind of point that i don't think a lot of people would pick up on but is such great subliminal storytelling because the fact is, you're never going to get the Stone Cold facts from Dexter. He's not a reliable narrator. You know? Yeah, which like, is you, another you, thing you'll I You'll get love. the facts of what happened, but not what they really mean. And that's what makes the visual representations shown throughout the show so fucking interesting. And, like, and keeps you on track of... Yeah, you can kind of root for this guy, but he's sick. He's not well. Yeah. You shouldn't root for him to win in the sense of never being caught. But there's sometimes where... 
not to get into spoilers of the show, but there's some times in which people relate to Dexter because he kills bad people. But the show always reminds you he's not a good person. Yeah. Another um, thing that they kind of use inside of the apartment to show what's going on on the inside isn't necessarily what's going on on the outside is he's like standing in front of his fridge later and like he opens his fridge and like there's just like the bare minimal amount of food and everything like Like, there's like nothing he just like he's an animal he just eats to survive like he's not gonna have a fucking container of ice cream in there no it's just joyless yeah like and everything's like all super healthy looking and like he's got like a thing of orange juice um so let's talk about the plot of the pilot real fast yeah. So the idea is that Dexter is a bloodspander analyst, and he also kills people. That's something you learn instantly, because right at the beginning, there's like a choir teacher that he grabs up, and he, he finds out that he's been molesting and killing children, so he kills the guy. Um, then you come to find later, like right after that, that he's a bloodspander analyst, which is like so insane that he's a part of the Miami homicide department, when he's probably responsible for a good amount of their homicides. Um and then you see him really moving through the office, like just kind of blending in total chameleon style. There is one character that sees through his fucking creepiness and understands that he's a total degenerate, but nobody else believes him because he's ten- generally a hothead cop. Um, and then they introduce basically what they always do in every season, which they introduce the serial killer of the season. They kind of do, they always yeah. have an adversary of some sort for Dexter. And this season was, um, you'll, you find out, I think by the end of that episode, they call him the ice truck killer. Yeah. Because he's using an ice truck to carry around the body parts. And he's dra- he's purposefully doing things to catch, or I wouldn't say catch Dexter's attention, but to catch the attention of somebody like Dexter, where he's taking all the blood out of the body is something that, you know people who are very into this kind of stuff would find really intriguing. And I say, I say he switchily, like I'm just saying that they, because we don't know whether it's a man or a woman who's committing these crimes, but women can kill people too. That's this show does tell you that. I mean, oh yeah. Um, and then by the end of the episode, you see his sister who's like, kind of like a, she's a, she's a bit of a hothead as well. She yeah. really wants to be like her dad. She's obsessed with being like Harry and being a big police officer and being a part of homicide versus dressing up like a whore in vice. Um, it's his, it's his foster sister. Uh, and by the end you're seeing that she's using Dexter's gifts. Yeah. Pretty much like unapologetically to get ahead. And, she's kind of in over her head. Like she's getting to this point based on no vices or virtues of her own. And, um, that's, that's an interesting concept that she's using the mind of a killer to figure out a killer. And she doesn't even realize Right. She goes in and she's like, I'm always smarter when I talk to you. And it's just because he's giving her all. It's because he's telling her everything. She's really not like, she's at least not at this point. She's not like a great cop. She's just somebody who's really like, yeah, she had, like, family ties to mm-hmm. it. Like, she had name recognition because of her father. Then Dexter's kind of helped her cheat her way up to the top, or at least yep, she lacks, where she like, is. Her and own original ideas, yeah. and she lacks the confidence. self-confidence to actually follow through with anything that Dexter even says. So she yeah. kind of screws herself over no matter what. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing about the show is, like, these characters right now feel kind of empty minus Dexter and Rita. But this show... The one of its greatest aspects is it gives you 
depth into all these characters. Every single Every one. single character is... It, there's at least two, three episode arcs for each character to live in and kind of grow in and breathe in. And the worst part is, is that, you know, it's, it's a show about police officers and, and there's always the con there's always the conceptual idea that they get transferred or died and they'll do it inter interchangeably. You'll be so attached to somebody and they're gone out yeah. of nowhere. Sometimes not even killed, just gone. And it's not because the show writers wrote them out on purpose, but what they want to do is show you the lack of permanence of this kind of job and also this kind of character because there's no remorse. Right. No remorse from him. No missing anybody. Yeah, no. All right, so since we went over it, based on the pilot, I know Franny would continue on. I know I would continue on. Cody. It's not really my vibe. And with Barry, I think. So I don't have a problem with like. I don't know. It's tough to explain. I think my problem with Dexter is that it, it does run too long, at least in the pilot. I haven't watched the rest of it, so I don't know if it's really changed up that much. But it's just not my TV. It's not something that I like to escape to is murders and stuff like that. <laughs> You're not How, a true crime fan. I'm right? not a true crime fan. I don't yeah. get it. Um, however, I will say I do think the story was done really well. I do really like that they've... I like what you were saying where you were like talking about how they did the warm and the cold when he was going into and looking at his blood vials and the mm-hmm. air conditioner. I like the little nuances that they do. And then I think the other big problem is that it almost seems like they take themselves too seriously and they're like, mm-hmm. we're doing this for the sake of being cool. And yeah. that, Oh, there's definitely some of that. I think, that, I think you're right about that. Yeah. And I just, and they hadn't earned it yet. It was the pilot. And that's, I think my big problem with it is that like, Maybe if it was like a season in or even a couple of episodes and I'd be fine. But I mean, that's just my opinion. It's just, it's not my cup of tea, but I do get the appeal. All right. Let's talk about spoiler talk. Spoiler talk. Granny. So here's the thing with this show. It is not a great, it's a great show, but it's, it's best moment is in season four. Season four is the Trinity killer. Yes. That's one of that's the, the best, best one. I would put money. One of the best characters written yeah. for modern TV. A hundred percent. So fucking crazy. So entertaining yeah. because it's basically like season one. You don't care about spoilers, right? You really don't care. Like for sure. Go for it. You sure? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm not going to watch this show. Okay. So the no ice truck killer ends it. up being, cause you know, Dexter is adopted. Yeah. Right. The ice truck killer is actually his brother. Who okay. was separated I was in the adoption? Thinking it was his father or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I and how close. they do it is, um, he actually ends up being like a love interest of his of Deborah. They do yeah, it Deb. so naturally, you don't pick yeah. up on it yeah. at all. Okay. At That's all. why they're teeing up the whole time. Oh, Deb, like you need to find need a somebody. Like okay. you need a love life. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And then what happens is there's a character who's kidnapped from the ice stadium in Miami, like the hockey stadium, and. That character's leg is removed by the ice truck killer. And the thing is, Rudy, I know, dude, the character of Rudy, (laughs) whose real name is Brian, because that's Dexter's brother. But Rudy is a person who does the, um, like the fake legs and arms and whatnot. So you know what I mean? Like the, so he does prosthetics. Yeah. Prosthetics. Okay. And, um, that's how they introduce the character is that they, she, she flirts with him very naturally. And then they start going out and like they paint it off like he's like a weird guy, but like not like an evil guy. And at the same time, they give you a really believable 
different ice truck killer, a guy that wants to be a killer and takes credit for everything. And the reason why he knows all the details is he hacked into Miami Homicide's record so he could pretend to be the guy who knew all the information. And the way you find out that he's not actually the Astro Killer is Dexter enters to like it, it like basically be like, all right, you're caught. Let's talk. Because like he, this killer clearly knows who Dexter is and is like doing things specifically for him. And then he sits down with this guy who's supposedly the Ice Truck Killer and the guy goes, who the fuck are you? And at that moment, you know he's not the real Ice Truck Killer. Right. So good. Um, and then, you know, the second season, he pretty much, they find all of his bodies. <laughs> That he's been throwing in the ocean. And he's entitled the Bay Harbor Butcher. And he has more bodies found than ever found in the state of Florida under one killer. Which, oof. Wow. So yeah. the second season, they instantly find Dexter's bodies. Like, he's already getting found out. Okay. Um, hijinks ensue and all that stuff. We don't have to get into everything. But basically, that season's also great. Then there's a not great season. <laughs> there's Which always killer one. is that? The, nice. It's, um... Uh, Miguel, I think, is his name. Oh, you know the one, three. the one lawyer, the one that like he accidentally kills the lawyer's brother, and then he like finds out that he killed the guy who they thought killed the lawyer's brother. You know what I'm talking about? No, Miguel. it must have been so like unimportant of a season to me that I kind of forgot. He's like this tall, handsome, like Hispanic lawyer. I think I remember. And he beca- he befriends Dexter, and they actually start killing people together. Oh, based on like you can see like the kind of fucked upness under Miguel, and then. Miguel kills somebody who's an innocent and Dexter's like, fuck you. You don't kill innocents, you fucking piece of shit. And then they can do like a big fight. And Dexter impregnates Rita. <sighs> Rita. So he Dexter becomes a father. Yeah. Marries her and becomes a father of three kids. You'd think he'd be scared of that. But what happened it was it was it was because of Miguel. Miguel was an insane person who out in the open, his cover was better because he was able to hold a wife and three kids. Yeah, I We're remember that. We're not kids, wife and, uh, wife and family and stuff. Yeah. And because Miguel was able to do that, he t- he took in Miguel's lessons of how to pretend to be a normal person. And then season four happens, and it's the Trinity Killer. And it's like this serial killer that like, they connect all these dots, and they find out he's killed like a fucking gajillion people. It's kind of like their version of the Zodiac Killer. Okay. It's yeah. It, I don't even want to get into details because there's just so much. Or like, yeah. But that's the best part. Okay. Easily. I mean, like, it's... Even if you didn't like Dexter, you'll find that season in particular so fucking good because there's reincorporations of past love interests entered yeah. and, like, there's so much story and the season finale is just so fucking tragic. Yeah, you and just, like, the buildup of everything with, like, the family forming and everything, they really... They re- really just crash and burn everything. Yeah, they, the they really season. give you this false sense of security. Yeah. Where you're like, Dexter's a bad guy, but at least he's out here yeah, doing like good he, stuff for a baby. He, like, takes care of the kids, too. Like, he's good with the kids, even though he's fucking killing people it's on almost the side. Like, it's like he's becoming a normal person. Yeah. Mm. Like, you see glimpses of almost, like, humanity through him. Okay. His cover starts to become yeah. his real life. Yeah, and, like, he has, like, some inner torp turmoil about it because he's like why do i feel this way like i'm not supposed to feel things and and did i always could i always did i always have to be a monster could i have prevented this you know yeah Mm. is the right thing to do to kill myself because of what i did is the right thing to do to turn myself in because now i know that i could have felt things which means that everything was actually voluntary he goes into that mindset yeah before he was a killer who couldn't be stopped because he didn't he couldn't feel feeling so he's like i can't stop myself because i don't care 
But then when he realized he can care about stuff, he's like, oh, so then everything I did was voluntary, which in a sense makes me a bad guy. Yeah. Really interesting concepts. And um, it's not that I don't like the rest of the seasons. I think five through eight are fine. There's a lot of stuff that's really good, especially in season six. But if the show would end at season four, I feel like it would be like one of the best regarded TV shows because pretty much other than three, which a lot of people like a lot, but one, two, and four are some of the strongest seasons in shows. Yeah, I think three gave you kind of a lot of character development and a lot of changing with Dexter. I, I think the issue was we went from ice truck killer to being the Bay Harbor butcher to Miguel kills yeah. people to the, the Trinity kill. Like it's all these highs of like, yeah. Holy shit. This is so fucking crazy. Also, John Lithgow plays the, um, Trinity killer. Okay. And interesting. He, he's always such a fun guy that he plays the normal guy so easily. Like, he has a wife and kids and everything and, like, has had a wife and kids. And, like, literally, like, John Lithgow is such an innocent presence. He has a children's album. Like, he's such a... And he played (laughs) a horrible rapist killer and was so fucking convincing and terrifying. But that's always how it be, though. With killers, they're always the pinnacles of the community. But regardless, Dexter is a great show. Thank you for listening to us talk about it at odds and ends and whatnot and just continually speaking about it. But I think we do have to. uh, We fucking love Dexter. At least Logan and I do. I remember one of my dad's favorite Christmas gifts when I was too young to watch Dexter was a box set of Dexter. And I would always kind of sneakily watch it with him. It's such a good show. I definitely don't watch it as a kid, though. I wish he still had that box set. I'd love to have a box set. He probably does. I do want to say the only thing I've ever heard and remember about Dexter is the way it ends. Okay. So Franny hasn't seen the ending. Yeah. Okay. Don't spoil. Okay. Then I will. But I will say this. I um, do a thing where I get really close to the ending of shows and then don't want them to end. So I don't watch the final couple of episodes. It should be noted that season eight, um, there was a big fight between different writers on the show. Okay. And all Showtime knew was that the actors were no longer wanting to continue. Because for one, uh, I think it was during season four, maybe season five, Michael C. Hall actually had cancer. Yeah. And he was married to his sister on the show. And due to those complications of, like, the divorce plus him having to go through cancer, they just wanted to, like, after uh, that eighth season, they're like, we've had a long run. Let's just end it. There was no dip in ratings, really. I mean, this show was insanely popular. It was, like, Showtime's, like, best show. Yeah. Um. But, you know, and then also that that really the issue with the marriage is it actually fucked up the story a little bit because they thought since there was such a clear sexual chemistry. Well, let's Deb's foster sister. Let's have her romantically interested in him. That turned a lot of people off. Yeah, they really for good they reason. really went for that. And it was really icky. Cause and that, that's a showrunner's fault. You can't blame yeah. the actors. I mean, they're yeah. married. They're gonna be like, OK, whatever you want to do, we'll fuck each other on camera. But that was a really poorly. They shouldn't have done that. If the whole show would have never done that. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because like, I mean, there's a clear like brotherly, like, like she loves him like a brother in first season. And like up until then, it's very clear. It feels very forced and icky. But it was because of Frank Liddy, right? Was that the guy's name? Oh, yeah. After he died, which is, who was her like true romantic interest. They yeah. were like, well, let's have the character spiral and then let's have her come up with the idea. It'd just be better if I fucked my brother. Like yeah. that was their idea. Icky. In the words of Randy Jackson from American Idol, I'm out dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I feel like that probably happened with a lot of viewers. 
Not only that, but it just made the story harder to write because yeah. now the only confidant he has was somebody that he was romantic that she was she was romantically interested, in. and then they wrote in the show that he wasn't, which is even worse. You know yeah, what I mean? Like if you're really gonna have sad. if you're gonna fuck your sister, fuck your sister. You know what I mean? Like if it's gonna happen, <laughs> or don't. If you're at home and, <laughs> and you want to do that, home please and don't. You're, and you're on the, please, please the ledge don't. about it. Just don't. I know. No, no, but what I mean is, if you're gonna if you're gonna disgrace <laughs> the character already. Try to make us believe it. Don't just make it a weird thing she did. Because then we're yeah. always thinking, that bitch is fucked up. <laughs> and it's just kind of sad, too. Because, like, there's a lot of tragedy that happens for this character. And then they make her fucking want to fuck her brother. All because they got married Maybe. in real life. You know, like, yeah. that's a dumb reason to write it in a show. Yeah. Like, it's fine. They can just fuck when they get home and they're offset. Yeah, they probably don't want to fuck on set. They're yeah. like, oh, this is getting tiring. Right. Anyways, I feel like, yeah, I feel like we said what needed to be said. All right, cool. So don't sleep with your siblings. Is the yeah, we know it's quarantine. We know you're bored at home. <laughs> <laughs> We're never posting this oh, now. Lord. It's never going up. We, oh, we got four dead podcasts now. No, I'm joking. All right, guys, we love you. Cody, do you have anything to plug? Yes, I have an EP called Temple. It's out now Woo. everywhere on music streaming platforms. So go get it. And then you can find us on Instagram at a pilot pod on Twitter at a pilot pod or no, a pilot podcast. I was about to say it better be podcast. It's a pilot podcast. Yeah. Podcast. Pilot podcast. Also, if you liked me and Franny and you like the way we talk about stuff, we also have a movie podcast that we host with our two friends. Um, It's called Crosscut Cinema. I imagine a lot of you came over from there, but yet again, who knows? (laughs) Bada bing, bada boom, bada bam. Um, we'll talk to you guys later. We Sayonara, love you. Sayonara, senoritas. Bye.